Hello and welcome to God's Gym, the podcast where we consider how we can reach our full potential as human beings, physically, mentally and spiritually. Jesus said he had come that we may have life in abundance, in all its fullness. And we ask, what does that look like? What is abundant life and how can we live it? I am Mark, an army chaplain, and with me is Graham, another army chaplain. And today we're going to be talking about resilience and about how Christianity and Christian belief can provide a resilient mindset. Now, the US Army define resilience as the mental, physical and emotional ability to face and cope with adversity, to adapt to change, to recover, learn and grow from setbacks. Something about the buoyancy, the ability to go through adversity and even grow within that adversity. And it makes the point that resilience is a work in progress. It is something that we can actually be a part of in improving, developing and growing. Now, the All Blacks assistant coach Wayne Smith once said, like physical fitness, mental toughness is the result of a long-term conditioning program. Now, he makes the point that just like everything else in life, if we actually actively engage with it and put time and effort into it, then we can develop a tough or resilient mental ability. And that is definitely what this podcast is about and what I think our guest has to say. So, Graham, a very warm welcome to you. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you. It's great to be here and it's great to to be taking part in the God's Gym podcast. I've, I've listened very carefully to all that you and Paul have been discussing over the past few weeks and it's a joy to, to be able to contribute. You've mentioned already that I'm, a, I'm an army chaplain, married, uh, have got a number of, of young children uh, and recently acquired a, a puppy as well. So life at home is certainly somewhere that, that requires a fair element of resilience, probably more so on, on my wife's part really uh, than, than on mine. I currently work as an army chaplain and have done for about uh, six or seven years. Prior to that, I was a parish minister for a number of years and a youth pastor before that. So I, I kind of feel like I'm jumping around through uh, through all the different realms of, of society and, and working with people from all different backgrounds. But you also have a psychology background? Yeah, absolutely. Mark, prior to training for ministry, my direction in life looked like it was going uh, somewhere else. I studied uh, an undergraduate degree in psychology and was really quite drawn into that, that world and imagined myself uh, working in that that area for you know for many many years before what I would say now thankfully God uh, reached in and pulled me in into a slightly different direction but but I, it's fair to say I've always maintained an interest uh, absolutely in the area of mental health and and maybe more specifically on how to train it positively, which I think has become much more of a high profile issue or, or topic over recent years. Certainly the British Army takes it very seriously nowadays, doesn't it? And as a, obviously as a father, as a, an owner of a dog, you've got to be quite resilient, but I presume as a chaplain, you've got to be quite resilient. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's one big part of, of of being a chaplain and that is that we spend uh, often we spend a lot of time on our own and we we often have to care for a lot of people but to do that you know self-care is hugely important and so we need to be making sure that you know we've got a, a kind of a re- robust core ourselves and so there, there's a there's a big part of of training myself you know training ourselves to be able to to conduct this role and carry out the ministry that, that we're called to and um, very much part of this and you use the term training so Wayne, Wayne Smith says you know 
mental toughness is the result of a long-term conditioning program. So he's got that sense that there's got to be a direction and there's got to be an activity in there. There's a self-help to developing mental toughness. Do you want to talk a little bit about what mental toughness is and what it involves? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose one, one story that, that automatically comes to mind, I used to, to watch and follow a fair bit of cricket and I don't really have the time for that now, but, but certainly in around 10 years ago, I remember the then Australian, I think he was vice captain, he may have been captain, Michael Clark, and um, the Australian cricket team. And there was a particular um, moment, he, he was facing a lot of, of particular difficulty at a time. He had a very high profile um, engagement to a, to a celebrity, um, had broken up, he, he'd had a car crash. There were a number of other things happening at the time. And he'd actually taken a step out of playing for Australia and then had come back in to, to take on New Zealand in, in a test match. And he then went on to score his highest ever um, test century score against New Zealand. And there was, a, at the time, I remember people thinking, well, how has he managed to do this? You know, at a time when so much was going wrong and what looked like going wrong in his personal life and behind the scenes, you know, where where did he get what he needed to be able to step up and to do that? And, and so I think there there is absolutely a, an element of of we need resources to pull on especially when things are particularly difficult so that we can continue to, to do what we need to do. Now, for, for Michael Clark, that was very much elite sport. That's not normal for all of us, you know, um, but but most of us need something. We, we need the resources. We need the metal to, to just face the day, you know, and and that's not to try and, you know, bring out the, the tiny violin and say that everything's so difficult for everybody all the time. It's not, but life is, is not without challenge. And so if we don't have the resources to lean on to help us get through things that that always pop up um, then I think we're struggling I think um, one definition of, of mental toughness or mental resilience that I really like, that I go back to again and again, um, is that mental resilience is the preventative medicine side of mental health. So, so I think that helps us imagine it in the sense of this comes before. You know, we, we, we need to be working at something in order that, that there is a result or that there is an output. Um, so resilience is the preventative medicine side of caring for our mental, emotional, social, spiritual and physical self. And actually, you know, I think where, where this comes full circle for me and where I think we're, we're going to go over the next few moments is that the Christian life is uniquely designed to foster that. Yeah. So we, we've used the term body armor for the mind before. So, so as you as you engage in developing your mental resilience, it's like putting on body armor for the mind. And that actually then enables you to prepare yourself for whatever life may throw down the road. So so actually by, by taking time now to prepare ourselves and, and develop a resilient mindset, then we prepare ourselves for the unknown, for the future, don't we? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I think, you know, in some ways, this is common sense. You know, we're not really um, telling people things that they don't know because we do this in in most areas of our lives, often without thinking about it. But there, there are very few people who can stand up or, or, or walk into a situation and, and knock it out of the park without having practiced and prepared in advance. Absolutely. It's very, it's very easy to look at some sports people and think that they just make everything look effortless. But actually behind that, there's a, there's a huge amount of training and preparation gone into that. And that's true for all of us, isn't it? Uh, now, listen, you describe some factors that contribute to resilience, uh, for instance, such as community. Do you want to describe that a little bit? bit in more detail to us yeah absolutely 
absolutely. So, you know, community is one of those one of those things that I think, uh, you know, we could prove from from scripture, which maybe we will um, a little bit later, but from, you know, studies in psychology or even in, in kind of brain science and in, in neurology, human beings are wired to be more resilient to the effects of stress and trauma and, and are generally, I think, psychologically and emotionally healthier when we are living and existing and operating in a safe and healthy community. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche. I'm not even really sure where this comes from, but the the, the whole idea of no man is an island. You know, trying to exist on, well on our own, I don't think it ever really works out. I, I can't think of a good example of, you know, of somebody having achieved their 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 potential and, uh, you know, done everything they possibly could by themselves. No, again, we, we, we may see it in the movies, people like Rambo who can go and save the world on their own, but actually the reality is in, in military operations you never do anything on your own do you you've always got a team around you you've got support behind you planning preparation logistics everything to enable you to do the particular job you're doing and that's that's true for us in every area of life isn't it yeah, it is and, and i think one of the things that concerns me you know i mentioned at the beginning that you know i've got young family and you know we worry about everything don't we for our, for our children if we have them and but but i think one of the things that I see now, one of the trends that I see amongst young people is this this almost desire to, to spend a lot of time alone. You know, computer games, and I'm not dead against those in any way, shape or form. I love playing a, a little bit of Mario Kart with the boys, but the temptation to kind of just, you know, be alone and, and play these games is something that concerns me for, uh, certainly for my boys in particular. Do you think the same applies to social media? Because often people will relate and interact with people on social media. Is that the equivalent of, of community i think that's a really good question i think that that's an area that you know we've been allowed to explore a little bit over the past um, number of months with the uh with the lockdowns and the pandemic and and the kind of social fallout of that you know there's been no question um the online community that space definitely has a place um and i am in no doubt you know it has probably saved a lot of people um who have found themselves in pretty dark places over this past year but you know and this is really just a bit of a you know Padre Graham um, feeling. I don't have anything solid to back this up with, but but for me, it just falls short uh, of that of what the in person, real, raw kind of face to face relationship brings us and gives us. Yeah. Okay. And, and moving on to self awareness, I get the impression that not many people are self aware nowadays. <laughs> Again, this uh, you're really. We don't want this to sound like we're kind of pointing the fingers at, at, at people, but but I think it is another trait of of modern society is is sometimes a, a bit of a lack, you know. And I include myself in this, um, a, a bit of a lack of self awareness. You know, we we, we turn on um, YouTube or uh, I'm not on Instagram, but you know, th- th- these things are big nowadays, and and people carve out a, a life for themselves on these platforms. And more often than not, the things that I see, whether it's you know on the news or someone's showing me, it just feels like there's a, such a distinct lack of self-awareness you know there's a there's a portraying oneself in such a way that it's just so detached from reality um and there's almost i fear again that that we're kind of nurturing a desire in in our younger generations to have something that's just unrealistic you know that that isn't yeah that, that isn't attached to to any sense of um of something that's achievable um, how does this relate to, to self-awareness? You know, I think from the beginning of time, um, essentially in, in the garden, the Garden of Eden, you know, we've been hiding from ourselves, from other people, ultimately, uh, I think from God as well. But the way towards addressing 
the the issues in our lives the way to to kind of living our best life i think is to to bring stuff into the light you know we, we live in a world where we don't often give much space for slow reflective thought on our emotions nowadays i think people you know again include myself we're inclined to react very quickly uh, rather than just take that moment to to kind of properly analyze where we're at uh, who we are and, and exactly what we're doing at that time i, I honestly believe self-awareness is vital for 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 healing but also for keeping us resilient you know kind of going forward we, we've had a conversation before on a podcast about emotional control and again do you think those two are related self-awareness and self-regulation limiting ourselves yeah absolutely so this is um one of these things i think best illustrated or, or talked about with a with a little bit of a, a story um so there's a guy a psychotherapist called victor frankel who was actually a holocaust survivor um and he once said this uh, prepare yourselves because this is a short sentence but it has the potential to blow your mind uh, he said there is a space between stimulus and response and in that space is freedom so there is a space between stimulus and response and in that space is freedom and, and essentially what i think he's talking about is this whole area of being able to to exercise self-control you know so when we talk about a stimulus we, we talk about anything happening to us so you know somebody says something to us or somebody does something to us or somebody takes something from us you know the list is endless when we feel something or we we are we feel the effect of something we will all respond but do we respond instantly do we respond instinctively or do we actually allow ourselves an element of of space between that stimulus and and what we do to respond you know and, and i think this is something that uh, helps if, if we can develop that space that freedom in between those things then our resilience just grows um with that and i guess tying it back to community as well because it's not just us reflecting but having other people reflect for us because we don't always have all the information do we or we're not very good at reflecting on our own selves uh, absolutely I, I think that's key and i think accountability is is such a huge it, well, it's such a huge area that, that polarizes people because there's an uncomfortable side to accountability. You, you have to make yourself vulnerable. You have to be prepared to let people kind of write into the depths of, of who you are at times. Um, and let's be honest, we don't like that. You know, I, I, you know again, you know, I'm, I'm the worst at this because I, I, I prefer to protect myself. You know, that could be because of pride, a whole raft of reasons as to why we don't want to let people in. But in actual fact, letting someone else critically, you know, analyze, you know, how you are, w what you're doing, why you're behaving the way you are can only serve to, to, to make you more resilient, uh, ultimately. Absolutely. And talk about the meaning of life, because again, in a post-Christian society or a society where secularization has pushed religion and, and religious belief to the margins, do you think there's a bit of a crisis of meaning for people? It's a big question, isn't it? Um, the meaning of life, I, you know, I, I fully believe that that meaning is is crucial. Um, and again, to to go back to to my friend Frankel, who I mentioned just a moment ago, he 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 also noticed. I read this in in an account that he had he had written. He noticed during his times in the concentration camps that the prisoners who persevered through the most horrific of circumstances had something in common, and that was a, a clear and obvious. 
purpose or meaning. He said, he, he describes how it was obvious that they were living for something larger than themselves and their circumstances. There's a, there's a, an author recently, um, and his name has literally just escaped me, but he wrote a book, you could find it easily called Skin in the Game. And, and this whole idea of, of this book is that only those people who have got skin in the game will actually properly invest and and are worth listening to when it comes to any kind of topic or subject. You know, someone can claim to know an awful lot about something, but if they haven't actually got anything to do with it, if they, if they don't stand to to lose or gain as a result of that particular thing, well, they're they're not really in it. They don't have that meaning that that drives them and and gives that that purpose. And and so I think, you know, in a bigger sense what Frankel is is talking about is the fact that we live for something beyond ourselves we're living for something that requires us to keep going essentially that's really interesting and again it ties in with the, the focus of social media that so often is is just people reacting to things around them isn't it rather than actually engaging with things in a, in a meaningful way now related to that to some extent is the issue of gratitude now we, we understand that that being positive affects your brain chemistry it affects your brain structure doesn't it and and being positive affects your outlook and self-coaching self-talk can be really really helpful talk talk to us a little bit about gratitude mm. so one, one thing that i learned a long time ago so i think this was when i worked as a, a youth pastor in a church i remember someone telling me that each each morning and each evening they they began and finished the day by writing a list of the things that they were thankful for now in that particular context it was very much you know thankful to god for and they were these things were seen as as blessings to to kind of remember in the midst of, of everything else but that is something that i can't say i've done every single day of my life but but it's something that i try to do and and as a family we we talk about this a lot you know what are we thankful for and i think that helps grind us uh, in the fact that that people who are grateful they don't necessarily have more or have things better or although they may well do but rather people who are grateful see more and appreciate better so it's almost linked to the to the whole idea of contentment you know being thankful for what we have and appreciating that against you know where where we could be and what others have or don't um absolutely helps us dig into to the, this ability to be resilient day to day yeah no that, that makes a lot of sense the, the the definitions of resilience include phrases like the ability to adapt to change and to cope with adversity but also to recover it's that sense of of being like a, like a rubber ball that when you're squeezed and crushed you're you're under pressure and you change shape but then once that pressure is released you can you can return to your original shape fluidity of thought is an aspect of resilience isn't it that ability to adapt in our thinking processes our thought processes is that right yeah absolutely again i think this is key um and it's kind of it's, it's a tricky enough concept to to kind of get our heads around but i would say that our self-concept can tend to drift two ways so we either have a rigid inflexible view of ourselves where we're kind of set in our ways to, to coin a, a bit of an old-fashioned phrase but you know maybe we've got a really strong sense of what personality type we are but the problem is we, we may then never open ourselves up to the possibility of of growth or of change so that's kind of one end of the spectrum when it comes to to kind of fluidity of thought or the other end is that we're constantly on a quest for identity almost kind of unmerred or unhinged from a sense of who we are and i think probably what 
what the ideal is that we have somewhere in the middle, which is often the way we don't want to be polar ends of a spectrum. We want to be somewhere kind of in the middle. Resilient people, I think, don't allow themselves to, to drift to either end of that, that, that spectrum. And I think it's about having a confidence and an assurance in who or what we are, but also being prepared to, to listen to other people. As soon as we are 100% rigid on something, then every time that issue comes up, we're kind of, you know, we're instinctively putting up the barriers and when the spikes are coming out and we're, we're getting very defensive. Whereas if we are prepared to, to at least listen to what other people are saying about, about a certain area or topic or subject, it's showing that we have this, this kind of fluidity, this ability to adapt in some shape or form. And I think just in, in a whole life sense that that is sets us up for um, for a little bit more uh, comfort and contentment. Absolutely. So one of the things the military does when it chooses its officers in terms of selection, it, it puts them through a process that assesses their ability to adapt in their thinking and to respond to stressful situations and, and not to be so rigid and, and inflexible as uh, as sometimes we can be. That's really, really interesting. Well, one of the things that gets me is, is that obviously everybody is different. Every human being is different from every other human being on this planet and everybody comes from different backgrounds and different opportunities and upbringings and experiences how do we develop a strong foundation in order to build that resilience you know what what are the basics that we need to look for that that we can't necessarily take for granted that are in people's lives so mark absolutely you're right you know life is different for everybody and i think uh, the old adage you know try and walk a mile in someone else's shoes um, is is actually a very helpful way to to kind of imagine um, how other people experience life uh, very differently from ourselves. But in a sense, it doesn't it doesn't matter when it comes to the fact that we can all build resilience. Um, we are absolutely in a position, no matter who we are. And I think you know, that for me, this is where when we begin to think about um, being a Christian and and what it means to have a resilient mindset. You know, sometimes. I feel that that Christians think that we're not allowed to to kind of focus on ourselves. You know, things which benefit our mental health can often feel selfish or self-indulgent. And, and so maybe we even avoid them out of a sense of guilt or shame. And yet, if our mental health and our ability to be resilient affects how we think and feel and respond on a daily basis, then surely it is absolutely crucial for those of us who who live for God to, to be able to invest in in these things. And I think it's really important to remember that God doesn't want his children ever to suffer unduly and that we cannot be faithful disciples if we're avoiding our own issues or our own problems. So if you're arguing that Christianity is one of the best ways of training for a, a resilient mindset. What what does Christianity in particular specifically offer? So I think the Christian life, um, in a way, uh, I suppose this this potentially is cultural, but you know certainly from where where we're coming from here, many of the the, the habits or the practices or the or the disciplines, uh, in a way, you know we we might talk about them very much feed into kind of naturally allowing us to build this resilience that we've just you know been talking about for the last few moments um and i think you know one of the obvious ones to 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 kick us off is is around the whole area of 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 prayer and meditation and and solitude you know and taking time out you know i i think often of of how jesus clearly withdrew at times to be alone to pray and i think if jesus did it then 
it's a no-brainer. You know, it should almost be be the, the the obvious thing for us to do. I'm just not so sure that we're very good at it. Uh, you know, and I and I think as Christians, we we want to be watching Jesus, seeing what he did, and and you know, taking our example from him. And those times when when Jesus did withdraw, they were rich for cultivating so many things and i think for us they can they can give us a, an opportunity to practice gratitude you know we, we've spoken about about being thankful and we can certainly learn things about ourselves whenever we withdraw you know prayer in the bible says that this is the confidence we have in approaching god that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us that's in one john chapter five you know and i think prayer is I mean, it really is the obvious go-to. You know, we take a moment, we take a moment out and we present our troubles to God and we tell him about the things that, that are causing us grief. And so not only are we communicating with, with God, our Father, but we're also kind of self analyzing and thinking through these things you know on our own there's there's a great moment recorded in in the book of esther uh, and it says this um, on that night the king could not sleep and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds the chronicles and they were read before the king you know leading on from from prayer you know one thing that i have sporadically done throughout my life is is journaling or, or trying to to kind of keep a record of of where i'm at and, and where i'm going and also to to kind of think about what god has been doing in my life and i think that there's a there's a clear example in scripture there of uh, of someone who wanted to to remind himself of the great things that god has done you know not necessarily in his life at that time but but throughout history and there's something something comforting and something encouraging about doing that so you know allowing ourselves space whether that's praying or whether it's just in silence or whether it's you know actively engaging in in making a record of of things all helps to to kind of bolster this you know one of some of these factors that we've talked about in terms of um, resilience now people talk a lot about mindfulness is is there a relationship with prayer and mindfulness or journaling and mindfulness so i think there there probably can be mindfulness is is not something personally that i've engaged in an awful lot i know that it is it's used widely now within within the army and in particular with with regards to mental health and i know for sure that that a lot of people are finding it you know helpful so i think there is for me that the one thing that is potentially missing is the god element um so for for me as a christian when i sit in 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 quiet or or pray or or you know think specifically about certain things i'm relating it all to the god who made me who who, who loves me who has got a purpose and a, and a meaning for my life i think trying to do it detached from that personally i would struggle with but but i can see how it's a similar kind of activity yeah i think mindfulness is a broad umbrella for a number of activities isn't it but it's it's about pause pausing in life and 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 of course the sabbath is an element of that pause isn't it about taking time out from work now the, the sabbath originally it, it's a, re a religious event where you pause from the normal things of life and focus upon god but there is an element in which taking a break on a regular basis is helpful for all of us isn't it yeah absolutely um and again you know we're working in the world that that we do you know i'm definitely not going to name any names but you know I, I see people 
on a daily basis who are, who are just not good at this, you know, and, and people struggle. And, and, you know, there are lots of good reasons for that because there's pressures from from all sides and uh, and there's demands and there's output that's required. And, and so work is is very necessary. But absolutely, again, to, to kind of go straight into scripture and, and acknowledge that that if the God who created everything is able to find time to, to have a break and to take space and to sit back and and rest then absolutely we should as well and i think that if we allow ourselves to to do these things you know if we actually take that time out you know it, it almost helps us develop some of those factors of, of resilience that we spoke about at the beginning you know a break allows us to kind of self-regulate and and to and to just acknowledge where we're at and even to seek some of that accountability that you know that we were speaking about you know god said um or it says in genesis chapter 2 by the seventh day god had finished the work he'd been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work you know it, it jars with modern society yeah but again as you say if we look at jesus for an example of, of how to live then then in the same way if, if god himself who made us in his image takes time to pause then and i guess that that speaks loudly doesn't it to us completely you know i think there are so many areas in life where we're tempted to to be the boss you know and to and to kind of set our own agenda when in actual fact god has god has shown us the way and and rest and and, and sabbath in particular is very much part of that now going back to the issue of community christianity offers the original community doesn't it the the, the gathering of of people together and also the issue of of generosity giving serving that those are things that people pick up on as as helpful in in developing a resilient mindset. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Absolutely. So these are almost the, the bread and butter, um, so to speak, of of the Christian life, of the Christian experience. You know, it, and also just thinking there, mentioning Genesis just a moment ago, you know, right in the very beginning, God made it clear that that, that he was a relational being um, and that he makes us to kind of be in his image. And so in that sense, I think it's quite clear that that as God's people, we're designed to work in community. You know, that that is, that is how we get the best out of ourselves and, and out of each other it's how we were designed to experience this life and you know church is is obviously a, a, a key way to to doing that to be part of of the body of Christ, of, of God's people. And, you know, I've I've brought all my kids up in, in various churches, having moved around and, you know, had to kind of get to know a new group of people very quickly and then, you know, and then moved on again. And and one of the things I suppose that, that we've benefited from is the fact that that we build those relationships really very quickly, you know, and, and I can think of, of countless times when as a family or even as individuals, you know, we have relied upon those relationships, that community in ways that had they not been there, we would would absolutely have struggled and floundered. So, you know, almost without having to, to do anything about it, by being part of, of God's people, you know, we are we're helping to build our resilience because we are we're immediately living in relationship with other people. And having a purpose in life. So, you know, when we read the Bible, the Bible makes it very clear we are made for a purpose. We're made with gifts and abilities, things to offer to the community around us. Is having a purpose really important? I, you know, I completely believe it is. You know, I think even just to, to think personally or speak personally for a moment, you know, I, I turned 40 this year, which is probably comfortably halfway through. You know, let's be honest, you know, it's probably. So you are middle aged then. Is yeah. That, is that I, the correct term now. Yeah. In this room anyway, I, I might, maybe not, but um, but. <laughs> But, you know, absolutely, you know, and I think back over those those 40 years that I've had and, 
and I often think, well, you know, what have I done? You know, you're, you're challenged, especially when your kids ask you difficult questions, you know. And you do think at times, what have I managed to achieve? What have I done? But I think it helps me you know, on a daily basis to know that that my purpose, you know, I fully believe that my purpose is caught up in something so much bigger than than me, uh, than what I see even around me here. You know, and yes, I, I very much feel called to, to this role of, of chaplaincy within the, the military. And that is, that is very important. And it, and it kind of, lays out what I do on a daily basis so to speak but my purpose is bigger than that and my purpose is one that that has come from God himself uh, and when I read the gospels and I and I hear the the commands of Jesus you know to make disciples you know those are the sorts of big big picture purposes that I think have allowed me to to kind of keep going and and to pick myself up because you know let's be honest life is not always easy and there have been difficult times and how do you keep going well it's because because we've got something to do we've we've been given a role we've been given a meaning and a purpose and it all fits into a, a much bigger picture for this world absolutely so so as we as we draw things to a conclusion i think one of the important messages that comes from psychological studies and, and developments in our understanding of how the brain works that the, the the neuroscience that that sense that mental resilience is not a given that no one has all the skills to start with and everybody as we said is starting from a different position and people have experienced sometimes some really challenging circumstances in their lives but mental resilience is something that can be learned it can be trained for it can be enhanced and it's important that we put that that time and effort into it but actually i think what you you're saying is actually christianity offers a really helpful com- maybe complete set of tools to develop a, mes- a resilient mindset I think so. You know, I think it certainly it certainly gives us a good start. You know, it's it's never too late to to kind of begin to work on things. And and for me, the Christian life undoubtedly supports and develops our resiliency or our, our mental toughness. But but I think there's a there is a bit of a but to that. Only if we are kind of constantly asking ourselves some questions. You know, questions like what spiritual rhythms have we set up within our kind of routine within our daily lives to allow us to nurture and develop some of these these aspects what disciplines have we put in place you know what what is our routine you know the the world that that we work in functions very much around a a battle rhythm you know and 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 things work because people know that's what happens on a tuesday morning and that's what happens on a a thursday afternoon and but but have we set similar kind of disciplines in our own life And, and are the practices that we are engaging in are they helping us to live our lives or or to facilitate the growth and the strength of our own resilience you know there's there's no question nobody gets something for nothing other than when it comes to to the message of the gospel which we haven't really kind of you know got into today and maybe for another time but but other than that kind of free gift of of grace you know in, in this life we've got to work you know if we want to see an output we've we've got to put something into it uh, and so working on our resilience is crucial and uh, you know for me me, as a Christian, I feel very privileged that so much of, of what I already do, so many of the things that I see as as just part of life, they actually feed into this so naturally that it makes it somewhat easier. It doesn't make it completely simple and straightforward, but it but it definitely definitely helps. That's really encouraging, isn't it? And of course, one of the central themes of Christianity is hope, hope in the present and hope for the future. And I think this is uh, this has been very, very encouraging and full of hope, I think. So So as always, there is always so much more we could say about this and all the subjects we discuss. And if you're listening and you want to let us know what you think, then do get in contact via our Twitter or Instagram pages. And if there are topics and issues you'd like us to address, then we're always open to suggestions. But until next time, thank you for listening and do 
remember that you are capable of so much more. Jesus talks about abundant life and that is available to every one of us. So keep striving to reach your full potential as God has made you.